0: Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests
1: weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business,
0: cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Today's conversation is with my friend, Healing Ways team member, empath, spiritual teacher, and intuitive healer, Laura Rao. And we are chatting about all things empath yes, I love talking to Laura about being an empath because I myself am an empath. And it wasn't until I met her a couple years ago that I fully understood what that meant. I mean, I knew I was a highly sensitive person like (laughs) over the top <laughs> sensitive. I mean, I can I can feel the emotions of other people. I am just really affected by environmental changes, things I put in my body. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous sometimes. And like a lot of empaths, I I saw that as a disadvantage and a lot of that comes from society. You know, you're supposed to be tougher. You we're not supposed to show our emotions. Don't be so sensitive. I mean, I heard that a lot as a kid. And even as an adult, I've heard that. And again, I just thought that those were things that I needed to maybe possibly change about myself. But in fact, being an empath is something I have learned to fully embrace. I am super proud of it because there are a lot of advantages to being an empath. In this conversation, we chat about that. We chat about ways to overcome the challenges of being an empath, and we talk about boundaries. Boundaries are super important for everybody, but especially for those of us that identify with being an empath. So if you are someone who considers themselves an empath, a highly sensitive person, or are even just in relationships with others that you see being empaths or highly sensitive, it's going to be a great episode for you to listen to. And if you want to learn more about Laura after the conversation, check out the show notes. There are all kinds of links on how to find her online. I'm here today with my friend, Healing Ways team member, empath, spiritual teacher, and intuitive healer, Laura Rao. First of all, Laura, Thank you so much for being here with me today i 'm going to try you. not to just make this whole episode full of giggles because I could definitely see that happening. <laughs>
1: it could happen It could definitely um, happen because we've already been doing it for 10 we've already
0: been doing it so so've we've done, we've done a little breathing and grounding to kind of calm the giggles um, and so before we start <laughs> before this yeah. giggles start up again um, I, I'm really excited to chat about all things related to being an empath. That's your passion. But before we start, um, I first want you to share a little bit about how and why you're in the business of helping other empaths.
1: I would love to. <clears throat> this is a a it's the story, right? It's why all of us, there's always something that got each of us into the business that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you, 20 years ago, this was not even a thought on my mind. I was a business consultant. I had a master's in organizational management, and this was not something I dreamt ever of doing. But uh, when my marriage fell apart and my husband and I divorced, I found a fantastic healer who is a therapist who had all these energy modalities. I'd never heard of energy work, had no idea what she was talking about. I knew what chakras were. That was probably the extent of my understanding of this world. And in working with her, I don't know, maybe a couple of months into working with her, she asked me if I knew what an empath was. And she said, I think you're an empath. And I was like, What are you talking about? And when she explained it, and she didn't have a very good understanding of it herself, what she said to me was, it you feel what other people feel I went oh my god that's a thing because <laughs> that would make all the sense in the world to me if that were true yeah and in my journey since then it's been all about figuring out what this is because she only had a little bit of information about it and I kind of intuitively figured it out and and was like oh that's what it means to feel what somebody else is feeling. And that's what she means by, you know, attracting to us all the pain in in the universe. Mm -hmm. And that's been my journey. When I started the business six years ago, I did intuitive energy healing for everyone. because (laughs) That's what you do when you start a business, right? Right. Uh You can heal the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, it did not take long, and I was very aware that every person coming in the door was an empath. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it took me a couple of years to embrace that word and say, oh, I'm an empath, and I work with empaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I did, it it makes the whole business make sense to me. Like, all the pieces are now in place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when, after you started seeing her, you realize that you have basically been an empath, I guess. I mean, we all, we're going to, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Because from what I've heard from you and other people, most of us are. Yep. Um, so you realize that like probably a lot of challenges in your life came from being an empath mm-hmm. and not understanding that. And so you couldn't. You couldn't fully understand, especially as a child, how to right. fully thrive in life. Feeling right. the pain—what did you say—the pain of the universe. The pain of the universe. <laughs> That's Not just feeling it, but attracting it too. And you. attracting it. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: well, let's talk about that. So, yeah, what, yeah let's my talk about that. my definition of an empath is a sensitive, a person who is highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. You are affected by. Anything from noise to um, bright lights to, um, I don't know, anything overstimulating crowds. Mm-hmm. But you also have the psychic ability that you most of the time don't notice, except like you don't walk around saying, I'm psychic. You just <laughs> have an ability to translate energy into understanding. Mm. So whether that is knowing something or seeing things or feeling things it's it's some combination of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as a kid i would know when people liked me i would know when they wouldn't like me i would know um, sometimes why but not usually mm-hmm. but more than anything if somebody were telling me a story i and their story includes another person mm-hmm. I, I get this mental download of on that other person and I know what drives them. I know what their interests are. I know what the conflict is between the two of you. I know how you're reacting. I know how they're reacting and why it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to do that since I can remember. Wow. And I didn't realize that was psychic. Uh-huh. I just thought it was a good study of human nature, which I am, but mm-hmm. it's different when you realize and practice it. And when I, and I don't practice it, but when you get to be more aware of what you're doing, it gets clearer and clearer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, okay. That was interesting. But it also makes life complicated. And that is why I do what I do.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about some of the ways that it makes life complicated. So
1: you are meeting someone for the first time. Uh-huh. You're at a social event. Mm, that's and a good one. You know they don't like you, you don't know why. you can make guesses. It's really not relevant. Mm-hmm. but you're now having to awkwardly make conversation with someone you know doesn't like you, yeah, and it's uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes you reticent, shy, so mm-hmm. that you get termed standoffish or uh stuck up mm-hmm. uh, cold, but really, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just sort of observing and trying not to make something awkward worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also not be too vulnerable
0: so that what I'm sensing can be used against me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that could even go back to probably your childhood and most empaths' childhood. If you're, if you're, being presented with somebody on the playground, let's yeah. say this is a kid, mm-hmm. and they're acting like they like you, but you know for a fact—you just know, right? You and a as a knowing. kid, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't I know. Sensed it. You said okay. I sensed something strange.
1: Mm-hmm. The knowing came as I educated myself and started mm-hmm. putting the pattern together of oh, this feeling when I meet someone mm-hmm. equals this. Mm, okay so it took time and I didn't know no as a kid but I what there were cues and there were clues of how I felt about them and how I noticed they behaved towards me Mm -hmm. because you know as kids we're not real clear on our intentions you know we're just kids on the playground playing and in in many ways we just play with everyone we don't we don't really reject but we often have attitudes towards people or mm-hmm. you know ideas about them and mm-hmm. we'll say whatever we want to say and that was <laughs> playing right, <laughs> right. Just, you know and then as we age into teenager we just then start excluding people we then mm-hmm. go oh I just don't like her and I'm not gonna hang out with her yeah uh, but as little kids we just all kind of get thrown into a pile and we figure it out hmm But those things you just notice those things and and as a kid I was, I was always told I was too sensitive,
0: Mm. um
1: my emotions were too big, Mm
0: -hmm. I need to
1: calm down, um, yeah not having any space and my parents happening even now, my parents really were not, I'm a big emoter. I get, I'm passionate. I love things deeply and I get angry about things easily. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't keep any of that on high all the time, but you know, it wasn't honored for sure as a kid and that was confusing to me. So I shut it really all down. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult in my forties, I'm figuring out how to open it back up so I can be who I am instead of trying to placate, play small, so that other people yeah. aren't uncomfortable.
0: Do you think that is just a personality trait of yours, or is that something that you see among other empaths, that just bigger feeling?
1: I see it among other empaths. We, we, we feel really deeply. Mm-hmm. It's, nothing is surface, and yeah. we may have tricked ourselves into being that
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the surface, but it's usually what causes things like chronic fatigue syndrome and adrenal fatigue. And, you know, a lot of the autoimmune conditions are stuffed emotions. It's like trying to be calm, cool, and collected when actually we're great big personalities that want out of our box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And trying to then navigate everybody else's feelings and personalities, uh, which can definitely be challenging. Now, you were saying as a child that you were told um, that you were too sensitive, your emotions were too big. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, for me, it was, you know, everything makes you cry. And I would be, you know, it was like, it was a bad thing. Um, Do you find that's, also, very common, especially oh yeah, those of us that have grown up being told we're too sensitive. More than likely, yeah. that's we can identify as being empaths.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's a good cue. Um, it's more than likely if that's your story that you've always been told you're too sensitive or mm-hmm. cry too easily, too many emotions. Yeah, likely mm-hmm. you're an empath.
0: Yeah, and
1: you know, I feel like part of the work. Empaths are here to do in the world is bring shift society in because everything I have to do to keep myself healthy is counterculture, mm-hmm. it's not what I was taught growing up. Mm-hmm. So, I have to fight my programming of suck it up and carry on to allow myself to feel my feelings, don't get lost or stuck in them, but let them come up. Yeah, And then I can move forward, which means I have to give myself space for that. I have to give myself permission for that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I have to find safety for that.
0: So that brings up a good point. For you personally, Mm -hmm. how do you navigate? How do you manage those feelings in those times where um, you just need to step back and feel your feelings and without, like you said, not getting stuck in them? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge challenge for a lot of people, empath or not.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It is a huge challenge. And I remember the first time, I remember my therapist explaining to me this crazy concept of not, because I'm a ruminator. I will dwell on things and just pick it apart and, and think about all of the ways it's awful. <laughs> it's something that I'm naturally programmed to do.
0: It's unfortunate, <clears throat> but I have that gift. it's, right? it's very unfortunate it's very not,
1: unfortunate.
0: It comes in handy. I swear there's a purpose for it but. oh, it's
1: definitely <laughs> uh, used wrongly a lot of the time, but it does I believe it must have a purpose it must <laughs> um so the idea of letting an emotion come up and release mm-hmm. was like foreign to me. I was like, what and truly all trauma is, and I work with trauma a lot in my work. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Trauma is anything that you haven't processed. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be some major life event, like your father dying at a young age. It could be a time when you were told to shut up, And for whatever reason, it really hurt your feelings that time. And you didn't have time or permission to process them. So you just stuffed it down. Maybe you felt too proud and you were like, oh, I'm not going to show them that this hurt me. Mm -hmm. Anytime we don't process something, that stays in our body
0: and it Mm -hmm. weighs us down. Yeah. And as an empath, I assume it's probably uh, a lot easier for us to... For one, get our feelings hurt, end quotes. Um, and then, like you said, societal programming telling us to just step down. Eventually, you're just like, Well, everybody just keeps criticizing me for being too sensitive for getting my feelings hurt. I'm just not gonna say anything anymore, and that'll make it all better. (laughs) And guess what? That's ultimately what they're really wanting you to do. Yeah
1: ultimately, whoever is telling you to just deal with it is really saying, I'm not interested in dealing in changing Mm -hmm. myself. You're going to have to figure it out. But how do I give myself space for it? Yeah. You know, it's sort of noting in the day when I feel my feelings get hurt Mm -hmm. and I'm not in a position to honor it in the moment. I'm in a client session or I'm at work or I'm at a networking event, who knows what it is, Mm -hmm. but I, I kind of make a mental note and before I go to bed, I'll journal about it and hopefully I can get back to that emotion and bring it up and Mm -hmm. just let myself feel it and not forever. You know, sometimes I'll meditate to let it come back up too. Mm -hmm. Um, But having, and you know, therapy is a great thing too.
0: (laughs) Having that
1: weekly or bi-weekly or semi-weekly reminder to, um, yeah, you're a human and things bother you and it's okay.
0: Yeah. And
1: talking about them is a good thing.
0: Yeah. So having a coach, a counselor, somebody to help you through Mm -hmm. those big feelings of being an empath is probably super important. Yes. Um,
1: Yes. Because... Anger is the number one repelled emotion of most empaths
0: Mm. because
1: we don't, we feel mean yeah, and we don't want to do to us what we've had done do to others, what we've had done to us. Mm -hmm. And therefore we often like take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Then huge explosion. Mm, Yeah. And then when that happens, we don't trust ourselves. And then people don't trust us because they're like, what is happening? Like you were fine. We've Mm -hmm. done this a thousand times, but you've never been okay with it. Yeah. You just didn't
0: voice that. So having someone that you can talk that out with can help avoid that from continuing that pattern to continue to happen. Yeah. Right. For Uh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, so meditating, coming back to the feelings later, um, not beating yourself up over the feelings probably mm-hmm. is another, Definitely. another one. I, I am assuming and speaking from experience as well, <laughs> um, because you've been told that you're all these things in a, in a negative way, it's right. It's not negative yeah. to be too sensitive in quotes no. or easily crying if you're unless you're actually depressed then you need to go get some help for that easily crying because you're sensitive to the emotions around you going around you there's nothing wrong with that but but a lot of people have been told there is something wrong with that do you find then that um a lot of empaths tend to quote-unquote beat themselves up even because they're like yeah oh i'm the problem i know it's me because i'm too sensitive i'm too this um do you see that? For sure. Because yeah.
1: scapegoating in our society by adults is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it is not the fault of our pri- previous generations that they don't know how to process their feelings. You know, it, it, this is something that they weren't taught. We weren't yeah. taught. We're hopefully helping our children know this now that we understand how important it is. Yeah. To- feel your feelings like let your kid be mad it's okay mm-hmm. let them cry it's okay yeah but our parents i know mine personally would want me to stop because of their anxiety
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm
1: and if they could but they are not aware of that yeah so they say things like you stop crying i'll give you something to cry about and oh yeah mhm <laughs> and you know it's just it's Placing the blame outside of themselves. It's not Mm -hmm. that they can't handle it. It's that you're too much.
0: Yeah. Hey, listeners, I'm just dropping in for a moment to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Women Conquer Business, with one of my favorite hosts, Jen McFarland. Part of holistic healthcare for me is taking time to nurture my business because like most business owners, my business is a part of me. One of the ways I do that is by listening to podcasts from other heart-centered entrepreneurs like Jen. She has a contagious can-do attitude and her podcast, Women Conquer Business, is filled with heart, strategy, and tons of inspiration. Women Conquer Business is available on all major podcasting networks and you can learn more about Jen at jenmcfarland.com. Now back to our show. So now that... You know the term empath has become kind of a buzzword and it's getting talked about a lot out there um do you ever do you work with parents to help them be better parents to a child that's an empath i would love to i have only worked
1: with my sister okay um, she has two and i we realized this together as i was realizing on my journey so mm-hmm when I saw her youngest, or I'm sorry, her oldest, who at the time was probably six, mm-hmm. you know, just spontaneously bursting into tears and saying, I don't know why I'm crying, mom. I don't know why I'm crying. Yeah. It it was clear to me that this was, this is an empath. And in mm-hmm. fact, a more sensitive empath than even I remember being. Mm-hmm. So I started sending her books and um, kind of coaching or at least explaining to her what the kids might be experiencing. Yeah. Because my sister would not identify as an empath. I think as, I think we all have that capacity, but at the time, and she's way more in
0: that camp now, but at the time she was far from it. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if she herself identifies as an empath. She's becoming that
1: Uh just being surrounded by it and me talking about it constantly she's just aware and that awareness opens you up Mm -hmm. and then you start noticing you're picking up on what other people are feeling too because you're aware
0: now do you believe that we all come into this life this world as empaths or the capacity to become an empath yes how exactly does that work so I feel like the, some people are, are not empaths. So. I know. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so between the ages of birth and so in utero and seven, we are all empaths. Okay. We have to be because we are downloading massive amounts of information and learning at a rate that will never match again in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's just every sense, every taste, every thought, every feeling we need a label for. And we're reaching into our mom's energy to get that label. Mm, Yeah. So if we have a healthy mom, we will not likely keep the empath past school age, because when we go to school, we individuate and then we kind of close in and we, we lose quote unquote, the empath. This is how it works for most of the world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Anyone who's experienced, or anyone who is genetically more predisposed, so a heightened um, nervous system mm-hmm. can keep it. If they have parents who are often saying, you know, think about how that little boy feels or, you know, be aware of what's around you, mm-hmm. that can also keep it open. Oh, okay. But so can so can trauma. And trauma is usually what I see. So, you know, a, a troubled family, an abusive family, a neglectful family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where for their survival or their perceived survival, they needed to become a good at reading the room and knowing if somebody was in a bad mood or dangerous at the time so that they mm. could make themselves scarce. Yeah. That is what often holds that door open and lets you be really in tune with that energy feeling of merging with other people and understanding what Your what's going on around you at a level that isn't surface
0: Mm -hmm. yeah interesting Mm -hmm. so you just said merging with other people Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about that next because Mm -hmm. that's a really good topic (laughs) point to bring up in this um that that tends to be what happens we feel other people's feelings Mm -hmm. which is not always healthy (laughs) no (laughs) and so yeah. Yeah. You know, what are some of the ways and, and we can kind of transition into talking about boundaries as well. Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, merging and boundaries go hand in hand. It's a great conversation. Exactly. So let's, yeah, let's first talk about, okay. Um, yeah. Merging and then, you know, boundaries, because that's something you hear a lot nowadays from coaches and counselors is boundaries. So, yeah. um, yeah, what as little babies,
1: hmm We are always merging our energy field. That is how we decide who we like and who we don't like. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, if you think so, we all have an energetic aura, and it is, it's three feet from our bodies in all directions. And it's our energy soup.
0: Our energy soup. I love it. (laughs) Quoting you on that one.
1: Excellent. (laughs) What we do is we, we merge that with people around us. And our consciousness goes into that, that merging. And it's like overlapping bubbles. Mm-hmm. And we can get data from that that lets us know if that person is a, a good person, you know, good for us, makes us happy, makes us sad. Like, what are they experiencing? So it's just a, it's a way to quickly discern mm-hmm. people, know them. So it can be very and
0: helpful.
1: It's super helpful. Yeah. And as a child, it's A-okay. There's no other way you should be. Yeah. Um, because as a child, you don't know all the other things. Like I said, you're getting this data, but you're not clear. Most of us, mm-hmm. some of us, especially the kids being born now and, you know, up through about 20 they are pretty aware of their intuition they're not confused (laughs) they know that what they're getting is intuition my generation your generation you know people older than us we didn't know that this was psychic info but as adults and this is where the boundaries come in it's really not etiquette good etiquette to just merge in energy with with strangers and people you don't know Mm -hmm. um this as we get better with our ability to read people and by read I mean psychically in tune with them Mm -hmm. like get information the better we get at that whether it's through trauma or just life um the less we should be randomly doing it and I think trauma survivors use it as a safety they're like, I won't shut this off because this is how I know I'm
0: safe.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's helped. That's where healing the trauma comes in. But as, you know, as healed or healing people, we need to give people the privacy. We don't need to be reading them and we don't need to be, and not that we're like reading our minds and getting all the details. It's just (laughs) etiquette, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, be a sovereign soul. And, in terms of that boundary, what's happening when we merge energy and why it's different for empaths to do it than other people, is that our energetic boundary of our aura is like cheesecloth, where other people's is saran wrap. Mm, Okay. So it's easy for us to merge. And because we have a healing soul that is our core, we tend to collect the broken bits of people, mm-hmm. not on purpose, but kinda. It's it's what we know to do, um, and unfortunately, that's not how we heal. Mm-hmm. We can't heal other people. We can't heal even bits of other people. Yeah. So we should not be collecting the bits of other people, and by doing two exercises and becoming. Pretty damn OCD about it all the time. Grounding and clearing your energy field. You can train your energy to be more contained, to exclude others Mm -hmm. more than it does now. I think empaths are always vulnerable because we have this soupy energy Mm -hmm. of collecting. And that's why we've got to clear. I mean, we just have, empaths have more maintenance, more daily hygiene than other people have. And it's not hard. It doesn't take long. But I know when I learned this, I was pretty annoyed. Like, why do I have to do this work? Like, why is this like so annoying? I have more I have to do. But, you know, when you get over yourself and you can, you know, just do it. Yeah. It saves you a world of hurt. I mean, it's so much easier to just let things go and not worry about your friends and not worry about your family Mm -hmm. um, because you want to fix them. Yeah, and the only people you can heal are the people who pay you to be healed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because and yourself. <laughs> and yourself,
1: and because they're giving you permission. You know, that's yeah. the permission slip.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything
1: else is called enmeshment or entanglement, and mm-hmm. it's not for you. It's not your. You can be supportive with boundaries. So, yeah. I believe all boundaries begin with that energetic boundary getting stronger so Mm -hmm. doing your work and clearing because once you clear everybody else out of your bubble there's there's you in there and just you in there yeah and one of the common traits of of trauma experiencing empaths is codependency and wanting to Mm. people please and yeah they we and i am a recovering people pleaser yes me too (laughs) (laughs) We're programmed to think of everyone else's needs first to the exclusion of ourselves, but we don't even know we're doing that. We don't even know that it's not what we want. Mm -hmm. When you clear everyone out of your bubble, there's just you in there and you begin slowly to notice what you want before you pay attention to what other people want. Yeah. And that's, that is the beginning of healthy boundaries. Yeah, when you can sense what it is that you genuinely want in a situation, before worrying or thinking about what other people want you to do, mm-hmm. and then it's practicing. It's practicing saying no, and and having scripts. Sometimes, if it's really hard for us, it's mm-hmm. you know, how do you want it to be? Because what what a lot of us tend to do, especially those who are recovering from trauma, mm-hmm. is we say no. I'm not going to do that how dare you ask me because we think we're being boundary. <laughs> <laughs> but we can be boundaryed and kind and it's yes. not mean to say no and that's mm. been our program. Our program is that we have to help other people and we have to be there for them mm-hmm. and we feel selfish and rude saying no or or saying yes. I mean just doing something opposite of what people want us to do.
0: Yeah. And or so it no with a million
1: excuses thing. <laughs> so it, it takes practice standing in that energy. It takes practice to think of the words. And if you're someone who has a hard time thinking on the spot, that's why I say, write them down and practice ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Use tools like email and texting until you feel strong enough to say it to them in person, mm-hmm. because yeah. every win makes you understand that people, aren't in relationship with you just because you make their life easy and if they are they can go it's okay
0: (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) yeah um speaking of writing first um that actually brings up something that i saw on uh one of your facebook pages either your group or your personal page um was it a blog that you shared of somebody else's or did you write no i didn't write it but i could have written it and it it was talking about how we tend to be better at writing Mm -hmm. than speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't actually read the whole article. Is there anything out of there that you can mention right now? Yeah.
1: So what is true for me and what I loved about that article is that I don't have a fast wit. I have a slow processing brain. That's me too. Especially when something is emotional Mm -hmm. because then I've got to wade through that emotion to get to what's true Mm -hmm. um and and sort of rational and and how I really want to handle something yeah so that's why writing gives me space and time to form my thoughts in a a coherent manner Mm -hmm. because otherwise it comes out like and that's not helpful. <laughs> like, it's just a big explosion of emotion. And yeah. I can't, you know, everyone's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't showcase my best self. Yeah. And it doesn't allow me to use my brain. And I think yeah. that's what me finding how to live my life on my terms has allowed me to do is is quite literally give me the space and time to process and be an intelligent person mm-hmm. because when i try to live by the way society built it i i lose about 13 IQ points because i can't be with it long enough to not react yeah to but yeah. to respond
0: yeah so like in those instances where people are basically forcing you into emotional conversations right away. They're like we That's need to right. you know, talk about this right now. That's um, right. and you're just going, no, please, please don't make me talk about it right now. Yeah. Let me, let me write you a letter Yeah, and then we will chat <laughs> or at least let me journal about it. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you think then that is also an empath quality that you find a lot? People that tend to be better at writing out their feelings rather than getting into those conversations right away? I think it's an introvert. Oh, introvert. Okay.
1: Many, many, many empaths are introverts, but Mm -hmm. not all. I know several empaths that are extroverted and don't have that affliction.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But I would say it's a it's it's more about it being introvert, but so many introverts are empaths that I'm sure there's a ton of empaths that would identify with
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely can. Mm-hmm. I have always been that way. It's been, and it's been one of those things, again, goes along with being the too sensitive. Yeah. You get your feelings hurt too easily. Why can't you just talk about it right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those things. And you start to wonder, is there something wrong with me? Right. Um, right. And then- well- Go ahead. Yeah. We're definitely not valued
1: as if it's changing. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of things changing. But and when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, being sensitive and being a kind of slow processor, a type B personality mm-hmm. instead of a type A personality, that wasn't valued. That was not, you know, something to strive for. And yeah. it was hard to realize. And because I would always try to be the type A Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't very good at it, you know. I, and I got into college. I started in my last two years of college. I got in, I got into my major of business, and I really loved it. And I was good at it, naturally good at it. And it was all papers, right? Um, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm I'm a good writer, and I'm a good writer because I can I can put my thoughts together well and make an argument. Yeah. And when that was the basis of my grade, I got A's. I got a four. A, pretty close to a four point my last two I can't remember I don't know if I ever achieved the four point or not but way higher grades than you know the B's that I uh, which is suitable I mean there's nothing wrong with a B yeah. but had I been able to do school my way I probably always would have gotten these because
0: mm-hmm. it's not about intelligence it's about learning styles yeah which is a whole another conversation yep <laughs> learning styles and how they are not geared towards the empath for sure. No, Most not at all. Modern educational settings right now. Yep. Um, we'll have to talk about that next time you're on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Let's, let's kind of, I just want to dive in, um, to get a little personal. Yeah. Um, something that I know you've been dealing with a lot right lately, especially, mm-hmm. um, you have your own personal um, challenges in learning how to advocate for your own health mm-hmm. with traditional or conventional medicine doctors um, as an empath yourself. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to your story. So I would like you to share a little bit about that story, some things you've learned, some things you're in the process of learning. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, as you know, personally, I recently went to see a specialist a specialist in GI mm-hmm. and I knew the first time she had, second time I've seen her, first time was three years ago. And I knew the first time I, she wasn't who I would want or who I would choose because she didn't seem open to holistic thoughts and, or even like things like my diet. Which, as a GI, doesn't make any sense to me. No,
0: I'll
1: Put that over here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's um, another conversation.
1: <laughs> so I knew I didn't really want to work with her, but once again, because I had only met her once, and it wasn't for a very long time, I got sort of warning bells, but I didn't get an, a full picture of why I didn't want to work with her. So I go back and see her and she's like, so why are you here? It looks like three years ago, we diagnosed this and that. And have you been taking this medicine that I prescribed? And I'm like, no. And she's like, why? And I was like, well, I don't like the long-term effects of that medicine from what I've researched. And she's like, she went off. She's like, well, I'm just going to be honest. And she was very honest about her thoughts and feelings about my, you know, the runaway train of social media is what she accused it of, um, and that none of this stuff is true. And I and she went on and on. And then I said, Well, you know, my naturopath agrees with me. Well, of course she does. So I'm like, Oh, so you're against holistic medicine. Oh, okay. uh-huh. So in the moment, I was calm and I was able to bring her back around. And she was the one who had to collect herself, she was the one who had to you know, get back in her body and be able to give me an exam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she did come up with solutions and ideas that were uh, not out of the box. And I was sort of watching it outside myself going, huh, this is different. Um, but as soon as I left her office, I was furious. Mm. I was irate because it's because of the model that she was, Showing me this patriarchal medicine model of you do what I say, you don't question authority. Like I yeah. can't believe you wouldn't take this medicine. I am the authority on this. That's why you're seeing me, so don't question it. And mm-hmm. that is what infuriated me. And then in the moment when I'm trying to formulate, you know, a good response, and I'm glad I. I mean, no, I did say a couple of dumbass things. <laughs> Because I'm not good. I was like, I said something stupid, like I'm not good at taking pills. And I'm like, well, that's true, but that's not what I mean.
0: (laughs) But this is... You were just scrambling. She kind of had you backed into a corner. And we just talked about how you need to sometimes go away from that corner and and think things through.
1: through. Mm Mm-hmm
0: and but it but what it
1: brought up the energy of it reminded me of spending time with those people those people being the ones who don't let me express myself my way the ones who don't like people like me yeah who don't like being challenged they don't like um emotions Mm -hmm. and it it really was interesting to be like I'm it's not okay for me to be me and that was the feeling the predominant feeling and you and I talked after that Mm -hmm. that afternoon and I and I love you because you're just like you're gonna fire her right (laughs) like Okay, I'm going to process is what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, because it, what it really did for me is make me question myself. Like maybe yeah. it wasn't the right drug. Like maybe maybe I got it wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, maybe I'm being silly or too emotional. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm spinning back into that person. And that's who I was growing up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Questioning yourself all the Constantly time for listening myself. to your own intuition. Yes. Yeah.
1: So with distance and a couple of great conversations with you and some other people I you know I'm I, I stuck with her I need to have a procedure done which is tomorrow okay um, and because I started this conversation in March and it is now almost July I didn't want to switch doctors because it would have along it, it made this whole process longer yeah true but Once I get the process, I'm, I won't be back. I won't see Mm -hmm. her again. Yeah. And if I need to go back to a GI, you know, if this, if there ends up being something that I can't do with, with holistic medicine,
0: Mm -hmm. I'll
1: find a new doctor. Well, and actually what I'm going to do is give her the option. I'm going to say, look, I, my first priority is to do this with holistic medicine. And if you're not on board with that, let me know now so I can find a different doctor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. Definitely. Um, and maybe ask, you know, I, I like to follow my intuition. Are you down with that? Exactly. You know, yeah. like this, this is a team effort. And, um, when yep. you're being yeah. treated like you were being treated, mm-hmm, yep. it probably brings up so much of Tons. just yep. those the, you know, get back to questioning yourself, or maybe I'm being too sensitive. Maybe she is the authority. Maybe she knows yep. what she's talking about. um Yeah, it's tragedy.
1: It is, and I feel you know, advocating isn't easy for empaths. Advocating yeah. is hard for empaths. Yeah, and I have come so far in this journey of being able to seek out those like me, and thankfully, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and there's. A lot of people like me here, mm-hmm. and I am super glad, and those are the people I mostly surround myself with. So when I find myself in a situation like this i'm I, I'm just so taken aback and and reminded that really the majority out there don't understand what we're talking about,
0: here. yeah, yeah,
1: even if they identify with it on some level, there's a resistance to this being okay Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: this is my platform this is why i do what i do because there's a lot of people like me i am not i now know i'm not a minority Mm -mm. um and we can all have the ability if we get over ourselves and our resistance to feeling feelings Mm -hmm. to be more loving and kind and joyful because you know, the people that you mentioned earlier, she's you're like, there's some people I cannot imagine them being an empath. <laughs> and I know who you're talking about. And more likely than anything else, they have been shutting down their feelings. And those of those, um, the feelings of those around them uh-huh. since they were little.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's not going to be easy. Many of them will probably die before they ever, you know, achieve any success mm-hmm. at that. But when you dim out sadness and pain and frustration, you just dim out joy and happiness and love.
0: Yeah.
1: There's no switch that allows you to control one feeling and not all of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So do you help other people figure out how to find uh, balance, exploring mm-hmm. all the emotions? And then also, do you help people um, figure out ways to advocate for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the work you do? Yeah.
1: Um, so in my sessions, I, I work with people on tools and strategies for being, um, accepting themselves as empaths. Mm -hmm. and opening to allowing more feeling into their life and Mm. operating from that as a safe vantage point. This is safe to be this way. Um, And that starts with releasing old pain and old trauma. It Mm -hmm. often includes releasing family um, drama and family contracts that have been passed down through Mm -hmm. generations, whether that's abuse or Um, fear or pain. uh, That's often a family trait. And then Mm -hmm. really teaching tools. Okay. Um, And awareness is probably the biggest tool of all.
0: Tools of awareness.
1: Tools of awareness. Like what am I feeling?
0: Mm -hmm. Because Mm. people,
1: especially men, God bless men, we do (laughs) not give them a fair shake as feeling beings. Yes. Um, Yes.
0: And I hope that's changing, but yeah. I do too.
1: And they are feeling beings. Yeah. And, you know, many of them who are empaths often become addicts because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to manage their pain and their feelings, just the overwhelm of feeling all things that they feel. Mm -hmm. They just want to numb it and dumb it down. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it's really a, a strategy of how do you begin to identify what you're feeling?
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. One minute at a time. Yeah. Because is it, is it really anger or is it sadness? Is Mm -hmm. it depression? Is it, um, you know, yeah, we just, like you mentioned before and I'll mention it again, in society, it's okay to be happy and joyful and positive and hopeful. And those other feelings just need to be stuffed down or ignored, is what right. we're kind of taught. That's pretty sad. So yeah. that is why you're here to help. Mm-hmm. How can people find you online?
1: Ah, uh, you can find me um, on Facebook at the Vital Spirit. Okay. You can find me online, uh, webpage at thevitalspirit.net. N-E-T, okay. Or thethrivingempath.com.
0: Okay. So one last thing before we go, the vital spirit. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Why why have you chosen that as the name of your business?
1: Because by dimming our emotions, we dim our spirit. And Mm. this being inside of us is vital and alive. And they know everything. They know everything about what makes us happy and what makes us sad and what turns us on and gets us grooving. And I want to help people find that and light that up.
0: Nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Laura. It's been awesome chatting with you. Loved it. You've just listened to holistic healing connection with me, Amber cook. You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches and practitioners at healingways.com that's healing W a Z E.com or on most major social media outlets. If you are a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.